fired in my life two times. Several years ago, I was working at a museum and it was a museum full of spiritual artwork. My job was to sit at the table, the welcome tables you went into the room, and I was to sit there and welcome people and guide and point them using low tones and head nods. Hopefully you know me well enough to know that that was not probably gonna go well. I'm not always quiet and low hush tones. <laughs> I got in trouble a lot for talking to people. I had several warnings to be fair. My supervisor came one day to me and she said, Marion, people are gonna come into this museum and they're just gonna take a stroll around and look around and that's good. They may take one, two, three strolls, but they just might browse a little bit and go. And again, that is good. And there are gonna be other people who come into the museum and they find that one piece of artwork where they just wanna sit in front of. And that is good. She said, Marion, we're trying to create an environment where people use artwork to talk to God, not you. I was fired for talking to the guest. Several days ago, I was in our living room and I was talking to my husband, Nathan. And I began to look at him. I'm like, hmm, Nathan, I think it's time for a haircut. Since shelter in place, I have taken the job as our family barber, hairdresser, because in my household, there's a lot of hair. Our children received my hair, not my husband's. You see, my husband doesn't have as much anymore, but the hair he does have, it just kind of grows outward. And so over these last months and weeks, I have new scissors and new trimmers. And I said, oh, Nathan, it's time for me to cut your hair. Let me go get my equipment. I'll be right back. Very nicely and gently, he too said, Marion. And he took my hand and he sat me down. And he said, look around at our children. None of their hair is cut in a straight line. And he said, and look right here, it's not really blending very well anymore on the sides. He said, Marion, I think it's time for all of us to go to a professional. And just like that, my husband fired me. Now that hair salons are opening, now that hairdressers are going back to work, there are family members like me across the world who are being fired. And that's probably a very good thing. Really, part of the COVID conversation for quite some time was hair and how to deal with it while you were at home. In fact, in April, it was probably about mid-April, I remember getting our paper off the front porch, opening it up, and right there on the front page of the AGC of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, our newspaper of the city, it said, Haircuts at Home. It was featured on the front page in a picture of this beautiful woman teaching you how to cut your hair. 
In fact, there are all sorts of tutorials online and social media posts of celebrities and musicians and anchors and actresses showing you how they were at home doing haircuts, hairdos, and hair color. You know, it's the perfect time really to experiment with your hair because let's face it, nobody was going to see you for quite some time. Even before COVID though, people talk a lot about hair. We just do because it's a part of who we are. It's a part of how we look. It's a part of what people see. And we talk a lot about hair and about what you want with your hair. And you always want what you don't have, right? If you have curly hair, you want straight hair. If you have straight hair, you want curly hair. A lot of hair, you want less hair. If you have less hair, you want more hair. We can't help it. And really, our culture says that hair means different things sometimes. It can be an expression of who you are. It can be something that's just changing all the time about you. The scripture is no different. Scripture talks a lot about hair. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's a story about a man named Samson and all about his hair. If you want to go back and read that story, you can. It's in Judges. You can pick it up around chapter 16. But let me warn you before you read that story, it's one of those, huh, didn't remember that was in scripture kind of story. It's really one of those didn't learn the whole thing in Sunday school kind of story, so beware. In the Old Testament, there are also beautiful passages in Song of Solomon that describe people, men and women, by their hair. And there are also in the Old Testament rules about hair and how to keep it. Because in scripture, hair means strength and respect and dignity. In the New Testament, there are also references of hair, only Paul has a lot to say about hair and head coverings. There's also a beautiful story in the Gospel of Luke, and it's about a woman, and she's at the feet of Jesus. She takes her hair and she wipes her tears. She wipes the feet of Jesus with her hair. If you kept reading in Luke, just about five chapters later, Luke has another mention of hair, and it goes like this. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered behind closed doors you will be proclaimed from the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that can do nothing more, but I will warn you whom to fear. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. But even the hairs of your head are all counted. Do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Even the hairs on your head are counted. Do you see how many hairs are on this head and let me tell you I cannot control any of them they have a mind of their own I've been told that my hair walks into a room before I do my hair tends to grow and do different things based upon the weather or whatever the day may bring 
In fact, my hair actually slapped a man in the face. One day at Chapel Roswell, we were still able to meet together in the same place. I went to go say hello to someone and my hair just slapped Andy Fretwell. I am so sorry, Andy. I had no idea. Every hair on your head is counted for you are of more value than many sparrows. For your biblical knowledge, this portion of Luke is actually in the Gospel of Matthew as well. Both Gospels say the same thing, almost word for word. In Matthew, Matthew puts this particular section in just a list of sayings from Jesus. Here are all the things that Jesus said, and this is one of them. Luke separates his a little bit. If you want to compare for yourselves, go back. You can read Matthew 10 and Luke 12, and you can kind of see the similarities and differences. But for Luke, Luke separates it a bit. But for both, this section of scripture is called a prayer of confession. A prayer of confession. So what that means is all things that have been done in the dark will come to the light. So do not fear. Do not fear the things of the world. Rather, remember to the one you have value. So do not apologize to the world for who you are. Do not apologize to the world for who you look like, but more worry and wonder and adore the one who gives you value. Spend more time with the one who knows the hair on your head. And know that your creator sees value in you. It's a prayer of confession. For me, when I was younger, if you said the word confession, being from Louisiana, I would have talked to you about all my Catholic friends and how they went to catechism every week. And then they went into their confessional booths. That was my understanding of confession at the time. You may have your own understanding of confession, and I hope it's not negative. As I've grown older, though, I have different understandings of confession. I will tell you, when I think about a prayer of confession, I think about my hairdresser. I had a hairdresser. He cut my hair for over 10 years, and his name is Terry. First time I met Terry, he sat me down in the chair and it kind of went like every other haircut starts. He put me in the chair and he started to say, okay, let me ask you a question. So what are you thinking about today? And I was like, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You're the professional. You tell me. And it kind of went from there, you know. And then the wash and the cut. And like most hairdressers, he began to ask me questions. So what movie have you seen lately? And he would always ask me a question that was appropriate for the time. Around Halloween, he'd ask me about what the children are going to dress up as in their costumes. Around Christmas time, he'd always ask me, well, is your shopping done yet? It's always an appropriate question for whatever's happening. And so I can imagine right now across the nation, all of the hairdressers actually saying or asking, what are you thinking about virtual learning these days? The person in the chair always has a choice. 
of how little or how much to engage, I chose to deep dive. I chose to answer all of his questions that he had. And I found myself sharing all about family drama and friend updates and these situational events. And I found myself talking to him about my feelings of people and issues. And at the end of the haircut, when he put the mirror up right in front of my face, I would think, wow, that looks amazing. And I would leave that day feeling so good about things and about who I was that moment. I just left in a new day. Hairdressers and stylists will tell you that people will tell them almost anything in their chair. They open up in all sorts of ways. In fact, there are celebrity stylists and high-end barbers that are based in New York and California and London, and they make it their priority once a month or once a week, depending upon their schedule, to go into the streets. They actually pack up their salon equipment, they go into the streets, and they ask people living there if they want a haircut. And they begin to give out free haircuts to those that are homeless that they pass by. And it all starts the same way. They put them in a chair, and they look at them, and they say, okay, so what are you thinking about today? And so it begins. And from these haircuts, people begin to share. People begin to confess family drama and friend updates and situational events. And people in the chair begin to confess how they feel about people and issues. And at the very end, they put up a mirror. And inevitably, the person says something like, I haven't seen myself in a long time. For many people, it's become a new day. For some of the people who received a free haircut, they have entered into rehabilitation facilities. They've been reunited with families. They've just kept in contact with their hairdresser. In one situation, a man actually entered into a musical competition and won. And we know it's not really about the haircut. It's about someone taking the time for them. It's about someone knowing the hairs on your head and finding more value in you than many sparrows. It's a prayer of confession. And a prayer of confession doesn't have to just be about what you've done wrong. There's a part of that, but it's much, much more. A prayer of confession can be what's hurting you? What do you need? Where are you in your thinking today? Your prayer of confession could be simply telling God, you don't know what to do next, or you don't even know where to start. It could be that your confession is that you really don't know how you feel about virtual learning. It could be you're nervous about it, could be you're happy about it. Maybe your confession is that you are fearful of whatever decision is going to happen tomorrow. 
It could be that you're just fearful of the pandemic and the cultural impact of the pandemic. Or it could be that your fears have nothing to do with the pandemic and it's more about personal health or personal things you're going through. And it could be that your confession to God says, God, I need your help to get through this. Could be your confession is that you've realized the vocation you're in is not the one you want anymore. Or the vocation you're in, you don't want it to look like it used to. Could be that your confession is that you're forming habits that you don't really love right now. Or you're forming habits that you don't want to go away because they're producing good things. When you take a moment and have a confession, you see things differently. At the beginning of this series, and the story continues, I told you a little bit about my call story. And so now as we end our series, I want to tell you a little bit more about the end of that story. I'm not going to tell you all the details. Just want to tell you a little bit about the end of the story. There was one night, it was the night before I really decided I needed to be a preacher. It was the night before I really accepted that. I had one of those really loud prayers those loud talking, get me fired kind of prayers because you know that probably when I pray, I'm not always very inside voice. Sometimes when I pray, I have to be loud about it. I have to talk it out. And so I was having one of those loud, get me fired kind of prayers. And I said, okay, God, if you really need me to be a preacher, if you really want me to do this, I'm going to need some things. I'm going to need one and two and three. The next day, I went onto the campus of LSU, Louisiana State University, and sure enough, waiting for me was one, two, and three. Were those things there the day before? Maybe. But until I had my prayer of confession, I didn't see it. It could be all you need is right before you, but until you ask, until you have that prayer of confession, we just can't see it. I have learned from my job, my museum job, and I've learned through these years, I can't talk you into a relationship with God. I can't talk you into feeling beautiful. I can't talk you into a prayer of confession because that choice is yours. You're in the chair and you get to decide how much or how little you engage. But I know that some of you may be wondering, you may be just making around. I know that I've learned from my museum job and from these years that I cannot talk you in to a relationship with God. And I can't talk you into feeling beautiful and I can't talk you into a prayer of confession. That choice is yours. You're in the chair and you get to decide how little or how much you engage. I hope though together that we continue to talk to God. And I know that some of you are just browsing. You're taking a little tour maybe once or twice or three times around to to see what you like and to see how things feel. And that's good. 
I know some of you have already found your piece of artwork and you are right there and you have, you're a deep dive into it and that's a good thing too. But I know here at Chapel Roswell, we will continue to welcome you and point you and guide you in our own way. We want to be a worshiping community together. One of the ways that we're going to do that is for you to check in. Let us know that you're here. You can do that going on the website right where you found the live link. Just click check in. If you've ever checked in with us before, the whole thing will take you 20 seconds. If you haven't checked in yet, it's our first time to do it. It'll take you less than two minutes. But this is a way for us to know the names and the faces of those in the museum and in chapel worshiping together. So until then, let us take all that we are in this moment and go to God in prayer now. Gracious and holy Lord, we do thank you. We do thank you for the many ways that you find value in us. And we thank you that there's not a detail about us that you don't know. Continue to show us the many ways that you speak to us and that you care for us. And put those people in our lives, Lord, that will ask us those questions of what we're thinking. And give us the strength and the courage to answer. And Lord, with these new days and these new times, it feels like things are changing quickly. May we not have fear of that, but may we have our grounding in you. And Lord, we do bless every child, every educator, every faculty member, every household where school is kind of talking about in the air, we do ask blessings upon all of them. And we pray for all people in our community as they all continue to navigate the next day. And Lord, we do thank you and we pray for the salons and the barbers and the hairdressers. We ask a special blessing on them today. And Lord, continue to show us ways that we can be stronger for you and that we can be greater for you. And Lord, may we remember, as you know every hair on our head, that ultimately our lives are yours. Amen. Pull up a chair, ask a question, and find value in all things. Go now in peace. Amen.